don't think you have to be an AEW guy or a WWE guy or girl. You know what? You 100%. Just and, and, and just watch some fucking wrestling and enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to, just because you like one doesn't mean you have to hate the other. 100%. Just, you know what? Don't watch that. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Watch what you like because there's a lot more to choose from now. Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. Welcome back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer, Joe, mate, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter. That's at FansWorking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. All right, it's the Working Fans Podcast with your fan Dave and producer Joe here. We're talking about the NWA pay-per-view coming up. Hard times. Hard times, baby. We got hard times. tomorrow night, actually. Tomorrow night, yes. By the time you listen to this, it'll be tomorrow night. And we actually got great NWA interviews, which is kind of a theme of the show lately. We didn't plan it, but I'm loving it because I love what they're doing at the NWA Yeah, we got Ricky Morton the week before. We've had Nikita Olaf. Yeah. A lot of good interviews, and mm. later on in this episode, you'll be hearing both Tim Storm and Joe Galley. Joe Galley. And we really wanted to get two NWA guys together so close to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And this is a really simple card going into it. With We have Tim Storm versus Zane Dawson, which yeah. we saw this week. Yeah. We have Ricky Starks versus To Be Announced. Zicky Dice, To Be Announced. Mm-hmm. Question Mark versus To Be Announced. Right. Three unknown guys, which it's going to be interesting to see who they could bring in there. The winner of the Tim Storm match goes on to face the winner of the Ricky Starks match. Is every match going to be six minutes and five seconds? I don't know. Should have researched that one. I haven't seen any. I believe it would be because yeah. maybe those were just the qualifying matches. Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the case... <laughs> This pay-per-view is going to fucking fly, folks. There's a lot yeah. of stuff we don't know that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, we, we didn't do the math and we were getting mad at the start time for the day. <laughs> yeah. Fri- Friday at 7? Come on, NWA. What are you doing Yeah, it's us? tough for us, all right? Some of us have jobs on Saturday. <laughs> and, yeah, we're trying... we got to fit broke bitches into the schedule, yeah. too. <laughs> Later episode. Even though a couple of them put in there two weeks. <laughs> but this is a really easy pay-per-view because you just got the TV tournament. Right. And then you got a hell of a headline match uh, Nick Aldis versus Flip Gordon Flip Gordon yeah <laughs> <laughs> so and I mean I'm excited for this even with so many unknowns the NWA 70th anniversary pay-per-view was major Into the Fire was really good the Crockett yeah. Cup I've got no worries about this 
it's just gonna who's gonna come out as the champion. Obviously, yeah. I'm pulling for Tim Storm. Oh, 100 percent pulling for Tim Storm. Because you'll hear in the interview, and it's even been the thought in life that the TV title has always been the workhorse title. I believe yeah. Arn said it this week. And to see a guy that really deserves another championship mm-hmm. should get it. I, I would think, say it wouldn't be surprising if the question mark ends up with it. Oh, see, that's funny. He's like my least. I say he's so over, he won't get it. He doesn't need it. Maybe. My thing, I think you're going to either give it to Tim Storm. You can't give it to Zane Dawson. No offense, Zane. <laughs> you got a tag team. You're happy with that. I would say, but right neck and neck with Tim Storm to me is Ricky Starks. Because he's a guy they've been kind of like talking about, and he's young, and he's somebody they might want to push. That being said, TV title, Iron Anderson, Tully Blanchard, some of the more famous champions, right? Heels, Zicky Dice, like you know, like he might, he's he's outlandish. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. would be a good, I, he would be good to have in there, I think. But it does kind of look like a between him and Ricky Starks. I'd have to say, why not give it to Ricky Starks? You yeah. put a lot of time into him. Right, he has shown out big, and I think he would represent that title awesome on there mm. also dice looks like he has poop on the crotch of his tights i don't know if you've seen that in the past episode worth checking out go ahead look into that it's fucking weird he's a weird guy he looks like a broke guy fairy i don't know i like him though uh, yeah. i didn't fucking see that <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go look God damn, man. <laughs> take a look Deep right, we might time. we might have to pause this get right to it and check it we're not pausing shit we nah. gotta keep going yeah keep going joe's got I mean, shit to do yeah i was gonna say that i mean that's that's pretty much the episode that's the brackets yeah. a lot of it's conjecture at the end of the day Tweet us. Let us know who you think is going to win before this comes up. Yeah, but we are excited. Don't worry. But this is NWA is going to be solid. They're going to deliver a great pay-per-view. And I have no doubt the matches are going to be great. And I'm looking forward to the surprises. Because with all these TBAs, I'm thinking NWA is going to deliver some good surprises. In fact, honestly, if we're going to talk about who wins the TV tournament, who the fuck are these TBAs? <laughs> exactly. Me that's yeah. another thing that's hard right. to tell is yeah. maybe they could put another name in that would just steal the show. I mean, right. anytime they put people in these positions like either having not announced a match or just surprising us yeah they always knock it out of the park so i think no matter what happens this is going to be a solid show you should have pre-ordered it but if you haven't buy it now it's going it's coming out tomorrow night listen to this get pumped up for the show listen to tim storm sell you on it listen to joe galley sell you on it then you'll feel like a goddamn fool for not buying it. Yeah, don't be a fool. Buy the goddamn pay-per-view. Even if you're coming to watch it with us, maybe Randy, maybe Zach. We're not We're not tying anybody in, but who knows who the fuck's going to show up. Right. Buy it anyways. Support it. The NWA, even though it's had its detractors, is doing its best to give us something different. Yeah. And that's something not a lot of companies do right now. And if you're going to vote with your dollar, you always vote to WWE mindlessly so why not vote to a company that's trying to do something with wrestling no matter how the debated outcome of it yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of NWA you guys could spend your money a lot worse spend it on the NWA give these guys a shot all right anything else you want to add to this no I think we covered it pretty well today I mean I can't say enough about how you should buy this card mm-hmm. Nick Aldis flip Gordon 
that's also going back to what we talked about last week with that ROH working relationship, right. kind of seeing more where that goes. Yeah, and with Marty Scroll too, signing and being able to go to the NWA and being the head That booker. was something that I forgot that we didn't even talk about, hmm. was we were guessing about what Marty's position with ROH was going to be. Right. Then later that <laughs> afternoon, he signs yeah. on as head booker, mm-hmm. and he's going to stay with ROH, which gives me a lot of hope for ROH going forward. And now that we're seeing more of this working relationship with the NWA, that could make that even more interesting. Mm. What if an ROH storyline goes to NWA? Sure. Now, it was announced this week that Marty's going to be appearing at, I believe, Power. Oh. What's to say he doesn't pop up on the pay-per-view? Right. What if he's in a tournament and wins the TV title? Ooh. <laughs> that could be good. There are so many more reasons to watch now, guys. Yeah. And we'll even have, we'll put up a quick YouTube exclusive just reaction to what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Saturday or Sunday, look out for our YouTube channel. Working Fans Wrestling Pod on there. So we're definitely watching it now, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're watching it. Who knows when we'll re- We'll watch it. We'll comment on yeah. it. Just search for Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. Find the exclusive. Why not go subscribe while you're at it? Yeah. A third of our li- watchers on YouTube aren't subscribers. What the fuck is going on, people? Mm. You subscribe to this. You can subscribe to that. Yeah. Not a- to call you guys motherfuckers. We're not. Don't be a piece of shit. <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, if you're going to be a piece of shit, Data, don't listen to us, please. Dakota wrestler RJ City I just learned about. Hey, buddy, what are you? A piece of shit or something? It's <laughs> a great quote. Well, I mean, I guess on that note, we'll, we'll end the NWA episode. And Sorry if this was a bit of a train wreck. We're all, fucking around. All praise is due to the Alliance, and hopefully Luthez doesn't come out of the ground and stretch all us. All praise to the Alliance, folks. <laughs> this is Tim Storm. You're listening to the Working Fans Podcast. I'm a one-shot promo guy. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Working Fans Podcast with number one fan Dave. I'm here with producer Joe. Making his debut today is Sheaf. And very special interview today. Former NWA heavyweight champion. Big part of NWA power. School teacher. He's got a lot going on. Mr. Tim Storm. Tim, how are you? I'm doing great, guys, man. I appreciate you having me. I look at this like we're all in this together. We're, you guys are helping us out. So if we can help you out any way we can, that's what we should do. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I did a little research, and I was curious because you've obviously, uh, you know, the big thing everybody talks about is, you know, you're an older guy, you keep yourself in great shape, and you're going at it still. But I saw you debuted in 1995, so you actually started this, like, when you were about probably 30 years old? You know, I've been saying that I've been doing this for 25 years. My daughter corrected me the other day, and it said I'm coming up on 25 years. So I, I always, I, I remember, well, kind of my mile marker is when I decided that I wanted to give this a shot, I called WCW Power Plant. And I remember talking to somebody there, I don't remember who it was, and they said, you know, you have to be under 30. And I remember saying, what if I'm slightly over 30? <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I don't, I know I was over 30. I've been saying I started at 30, maybe it was 31. I don't know. It's, but yeah, I started, I started pretty late. And, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, I think maybe I saved some room on my bump card that has helped me last a little bit. Maybe I haven't, you know, I don't know. But yeah, I started, I started pretty late. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to skip around here. We have like kind of a list of questions, but you, you bring up an interesting point, like saving on your bump card and your body. And uh, one of the things people talk about is, you know, you're a very good promo. 
And a lot of that, I think, you know, people say is, you know, best characters are true to yourself. And I feel like definitely what we see with you is what we get. You're a school teacher, so I'm guessing you talk every day. But, Absolutely. But <laughs> one thing I would say to the guys that, you know, I'm 43 years old, and maybe you can attest to this too. And I don't know if this plays a part, but I'm a much better communicator and talker now at 43 than I was 18 years old. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's part of it. You know, I've always... I know, okay, I'm going to say this knowing that it doesn't really play into it, but, you know, I, I had two degrees in college at the same time. One of them was communications. So even in college, that was kind of my, you know, kind of my thing. I didn't know if I wanted to do radio or TV or, you know, anything like that. And the other one was physical education. So, I mean, I, I, and that was purely by accident. I just had so many credits, they had to give me a major in it. So it, <laughs> it was, you know, the communication thing, I, I'm sure that I'm a... I'm a better communicator now than when I was young, but that's always been something that I've tried to, be, you know, to try to get better at. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think, like you said, I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I've got six classes a day, and that's basically what I do all day long is talk, uh, unless I can avoid it. And teaching usually can't. So, <laughs> yeah, so that definitely, I'm sure, does play a, definitely plays a part. Would you be more comfortable with talking? I would imagine. And I, and I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, you know, standing up in front of people and it's, I started talking or trying to do things and, you know, uh, in a different, in a different world, you know, I, I thought I might want to sing. And <laughs> even at, at, at 17 or 18, I, I had some opportunities to sing in front of a lot of people. And some of those went well, some of them didn't. But, you know, when you put yourself in those situations, I get, I guess you get more comfortable doing that. Now, another thing, too, I noticed, too, like in preparation for this, I was looking up some uh, matches with you, and I saw you were involved in a match on WWE with Big Daddy V. And <laughs> Is that what that was? <laughs> I was going to say, I wanted to compliment you, though. You're in much better shape now. That must have been like 2007, or around there at least, I think. That's, um, you know, I couldn't have told you, but yeah, that's probably about right. I, it was on ECW TV, I believe, I saw. Yeah. Right. Yes, it was. And <laughs> I know that, you know, here's, here's the kind of the, the irony of that. I, one of my first matches that I had was in Missouri for Harley Race, and I wrestled King Mabel, um, who is Big Daddy V, you know, and I I, I walked up to him that night, and, you know, I knew what my role was going to be, and it was, you know, it was a tryout, and there was a lot of discussions, and I was, was, it was very clear, here's what you're going to do, and, but I walked up to him, and I have known him, you know, for a really long time, Um, at that point, was 10 or 12 years, and and I, I, you know, I came up and introduced myself, and I said, you know, you probably don't remember me, I said, but you were one of my very first matches, and this has kind of come full circle, because I feel like I may be getting toward the end, you know, and he said, man, you're making me feel old, and, but you think about that, that was 12 years ago, and I was thinking I was getting toward the end 12 years ago, but I, I thought, at that, somewhere not long after that, I made a commitment that if I was going to keep going, I needed to make a lot of changes, and, and a lot of that was physical. You know, I needed to get in better shape. I need to look, I need to look more. I need to take some weight off my knees, you know, off my back and those kind of things. So, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I wish I could bury that somewhere. I wish <laughs> I would stop, that one would stop coming up, but it, it is what it is and it was yeah. an opportunity. And I think all of us, you know, all of us in the wrestling business would ha- look at those things and go, you know, it was just a shot and I was more than happy to do it. And it was, you know, Obviously, it didn't work out as far as a career change, but you know it was a good opportunity, and I, I have stories from that that will never, you know, that I'm I'm glad happened. One of my influences was is Dusty Rhodes, and you know, 
Dusty, Dusty was waiting at the curtain and shook my hand and he said, good job, kid. You know, and that may, you know, you don't get those opportunities. Right. And I got to, you know, talk to him and ask, you know, so anyway, I, there's things I would never take. I wouldn't undo any of those, but yeah, that match, you know, I, I had done better in my opening match with him in one of my first three matches than I did in that one as far as, you know, looking strong. I know that for sure. Funny you said being a Dusty fan. I think you maybe quoted Dusty in one of the NWA powers recently. The hard times promo it might have been. My yeah, I know my booty's a little big, and yeah. but I'm bad. Yeah, it's like okay, he's definitely a big fan of Dusty. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dusty Rhodes, and, and, and oh, here's the okay, I, and I have not told anybody this. You know, when I cut that in in retrospect, I look at that. And I, you know, I had a lot of people go, oh, "Man, that was great." You know, you know, we're we're starting the we're bringing back the TV belt. We're gonna have the pay per view hard times. When I cut that promo, I didn't know any of that. So I'm mm. not, you know, I, it wasn't a whole lot of deep thought. I just, that, that's, the, the real point I wanted to make was to get to me and my body and how broken down it is. And I was just very fortunate that that lined up with everything, you know. But yeah, Dusty Rhodes, in my opinion, one of the top two or three promo guys ever. You mentioned the TV title in there. That, that's something that kind of struck me too. It's interesting because to me, the NWA TV title belt was kind of the equivalent. I, I know the U.S. title was considered like the number one contender at Springboard, but to me, like the Intercontinental title in WF where you had Mr. Perfect and guys like that hold it, Ricky Steamboat, the TV belt in the NWA, Iron Anderson, Tully Blanchard, that was kind of the work belt, right? I mean, I don't know how yeah. you say it, but that's something I always thought. I was curious what you thought of the TV title. Well, and that's, and that's what I've said that in promos. I believe that... I, I've used the term that it was the work workhorse belt. You know that that if you wore that belt, you knew you were going to be on every TV show defending that title, and you had to be a good technician. You had to be able to work with anybody. You had to have good matches. You know, with everybody, it's it was the workhorse belt. And and you mentioned Art Anderson. That's somebody who, from a working standpoint, is you know somebody that is a big influence. I've, I always loved his work. I, in my opinion, watching him wrestle, he was—he always believed in what he was doing, and that's—you uh, know—I I hope I—that's the way I want That's what I want to do too. I want people. Okay, I, I say this all the time, but it's Johnny Valentine kind of gets credit for saying it. I see it on memes sometimes or social media, but you know, he gets—he gets credit for saying you may not believe in professional. You're not may not believe professional wrestling is real, but you're going to know I am. Right. And and I—that's how I try to approach it. And a lot of that comes from Arn Anderson style. Yeah, I can see that. And actually, that's one thing I, I've always thought when I watch you work too, Tim, is like, this guy is like pretty much who he is. Like, that's what I believe when I see you. I'm like, this is not too far off of the real person. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I believe that about myself. It's, I consider myself, and I want to be careful how I say it because I've, I've been tested on this and I've failed, but I consider <laughs> myself kind of a wrestling historian. I love the history of professional wrestling. And I said that one time. And somebody started throwing me like test questions, <laughs> uh, you know. And I failed. I fell at those. Don't ask me those. No. <laughs> you know, I believe that in one of the books that I've read, I learned a couple of them. I learned a lot. But one of the books I read, the I think it was probably Mick Foley's first book, and his comment was talking to somebody was, when you're looking for your wrestling personality, you throw as many things at the wall as you can, and you see what sticks. And, and his comment was, what usually sticks is the thing that's closest to your personality. You know, the real you, because that's, that's who people see. And that's great, and I believe that, and I think it works for me. But on the other hand, I don't know what that says about me, because I think I'm as, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I've worked heel almost as much as I've worked face over the last 25 years. And hmm. I don't know what that says about my, my split personality, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> it, but, I, but I agree with you. 
Wow, that's actually surprising because I was pushing to have you on, one, because knowing that you have a day job and you're a wrestler, you kind of also fit into the working fans theme that we have here where we have day jobs, but we just love talking about wrestling and pushing it forward. And to have an actual working fan that's in the business is amazing. And now that you brought up Arn Anderson and Dusty Rhodes, I can see all those influences almost before you even said it. I'd be surprised to see you as a heel because I was thinking we couldn't have more of a baby face on the show right now. (laughs) Especially given the work you've done carrying that NWA title and bringing the NWA to where it is now on YouTube. Well, it, again, this is this was the way I approached. You know, a lot of guys, people who have carried that NWA World's Championship, I think there's a, there's a couple of different approaches to it and how you do it, but my approach in defending that title was I, I wanted more of the Ric Flair approach. And what I mean by that is not the style, because I would never compare myself to any of those guys as far as no, being on that level, but I believe that when you go into a what now would you know would not necessarily be considered a territory, but you go into a promotion, mm-hmm. I think your job is you're going to work whoever is at the top of theirs, and your goal should be to have the best possible match you can with the idea that that guy was a legitimate contender, and when you leave, the promotion is better and that guy is better. You know that you've made them a better better for being there, and if you if that's if that's how you approach that. You know, you don't know what you're going to get when you go into an area. And what I mean is you could you could show up and that could be their top babyface. Well, they're not going to boo their top babyface, mm. right? I mean, that's that's just not the way it's going to work. So I think as a, as a true world champion, what you are is you're not a face or a heel. You're the world champion. Right. And, you know, you go in there and work and do whatever you have to do. And, you know, I go back and I watch, I love, love, you know, classic wrestling. If you go back and watch Luthez, Never, you would you would very seldom see him take a, a cheap, a, a low blow or anything like that. But in the right situation, he'd kind of take a cheap shot, and all of a sudden the fans would turn on him, and you knew exactly who he was. Anyway, so I, I don't, I, as a as a world champion, I don't know that I worked face or heel. I just worked world champion. You know, today nobody knew, including me or the NWA, how the fans were going to respond to me. You know, I'm 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 really happy that there's been a positive reaction and. Now I'm seen as what the, the white meat babyface, and I'm completely okay with that too. So Tim, talking about a lot of your influences and just wrapping things back around with the NWA itself, I mean, being champion and everything, I mean, you've been a centerpiece of the NWA for a few years now, and I think kind of you guys lifted each other up. I think the NWA kind of brought you to another platform for more eyes, and I think you right. kind of brought the NWA to a platform for more eyes. My question is, now this isn't, I mean, anything derogatory, but I mean, as a wrestling historian, I mean, a lot of people would know the NWA, I think it's been about 30 years since they cut away or uh, cut into the Ted Turner WCW stuff. And it hasn't been the most lively brand, the most like well, uh, well known, most talked about promotion a lot over the last 30 years. Now going into 2020 with power becoming really popular and just the wrestling climate now, where do you see the NWA going into 2020, and where do you want to see the NWA going into 2020? Uh, everything you said is accurate. You know, I like to tell people that the NWA belt, uh, the title, the heavy, the World Heavyweight Championship, really is the grandfather, the forerunner of almost every promotion's belt. But if you go back in history, not only is it the oldest, but you can actually trace it into every promotion. Right. Um, and its influence. It's... 
Yeah, there, there's no doubt. And I'd be, you know, I would just be lying if I said that there wasn't a down period. Absolutely. You know, and a lot of that, I think you can probably align with the success of other organizations, you know, as, as they kind of split off and tried to make their own titles mean something. And, and again, you can't, you can't fault anybody for that. But I don't know. It's probably been seven or eight years ago that maybe longer that I kind of got involved with some promotions that were NWA promotions. And my commitment at that point, because of my love for the NWA growing up and my, my commitment at that point was, I don't know what I can do to help, but if I can do anything to bring the brand anywhere closer to prominence, then I was going to do that. Now, again, I wish that I had had a crystal ball and I could look at that and see where all this is going because I never dreamed it would be where it's at today so quickly. Mm-hmm. When, you know, we, we impact Patrick Corrigan bought the NWA, I didn't know what my role was going to be starting out. And he made, he made a statement that a lot of people was kind of giggled about. He said he has a 20-year plan. And he and Dave Lagana have, have consistently said, we want to under-promise and over-deliver. I don't know that there's a, uh, a, you know, a line graph out there that would say, are we above? But I would bet we're, we're ahead of what anybody predicted it would be. The success of NWA Power has, man, I mean, it's, it's, to me, even if I weren't a part of the current promotion, I would still look at this and I would get a lot of satisfaction in just seeing it coming back to, to prominence and have the excitement that people have over it because I have, I've had that excitement for a long time. So as far as where it's going to go, I don't want to, I don't want to over promise either, but I really think the sky's the limit. And I think that we're just seeing the tip of the tip of the iceberg on this. I think there's a whole lot more coming and I think it's just going to grow and grow. And I think it's going to explode. It's just going to keep getting better. Right. And as a veteran, too, I mean, you have to be looking at this not only as a longtime wrestling fan, but a longtime worker as well. I mean, the rest, wrestling's in a very interesting spot right now. I mean, I'm a lifelong fan. I saw WCW go down and like the whole, I don't know, the smoke clear everything. But it, we're in a really different time, too, because I mean, you have AEW, but also on the same end, that's different for the fact like I feel like wrestling could have needed something like AEW. But at the same time, I feel like wrestling needs an NWA power because it has legitimacy behind it. And it's a totally different outlook on wrestling as opposed to anything else you'd see that's popular out there today. The studio, of course, yeah. You know, it's, it, I'm, I don't know. I don't know that I'm, an, I don't know that I'm normal in anything. But, hmm. uh, you know, to me, I think that not just fans, but wrestlers, people in the business, I think the more opportunities, the more success that everybody has, the better it is for everybody. True. You know, yeah. if, if, when, when one company owned the monopoly on wrestling... They basically, you can do what you want, how you want. You can shove things down people's throat, and they either like it or they don't because you're the only you know show in town. I'm I'm excited about and and even locally, like I, I'm involved in a lot of different things locally because I, I you know I've been around here for a while and I, I live in right outside of Dallas. But there are a lot of good promotions all over the United States right now that are getting opportunities. I heard a long, long time ago. You guys probably have heard this. I said they said that the wrestling seems to the popularity of wrestling seems to be a pendulum. It swings back and forth, and you know it has its low times, and it has. I, there's no doubt that we're on an upswing uh, as a as you know as a a form of entertainment. It's. I think that it's growing. There's more opportunities, and if 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 you're, I mean, if we are good fans and good people, like we should want the, everybody to be successful. And I've used this term for myself. I'll use it 
for wrestling. Um, you know, there's a lot of different flavors of ice cream, hmm. and everybody has their favorite, and that's okay. You know, it's it's okay if you say, well, this is the one I prefer, or this is my favorite, but I also like that. That's okay. I'm just glad that we have those opportunities out there. You've been around the game. You're part of NWA Power now. And when uh, you were talking about Dallas, Texas, I noticed one of the guys you worked with, he was probably breaking in too, was Lance Archer. Is that right? Yeah, I, he's, I, I consider him a good friend. We have, man, when I first started in the Dallas area doing local local TV, Lance was, I had moved here. I probably had six or seven years, you know, experience but not at a full-time basis. So that's always, that's, you know, that's kind of a thing now as you'll hear guys say, well, I've been wrestling for six years, but if you've only had 10 matches a year, you know, have what kind of experience do you have? And Lance was just breaking in. And that, I think this is actually, he had trained a little bit. He had come in. And obviously at six, 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 seven, he's always going to get attention. Mm. But he actually started a faction on this local TV called the Dark Circle. And he, you know, I credit him with that name, even though, my tag team partner, long long term tag team partner, and I have have kept that. So we were we were part of a a faction at, at at this organization, and he and I have worked. I don't know. It's a, a countless matches against each other. <laughs> we have a running joke that um, you know whenever we wrestle, we just we can we just, we know somebody's going to bleed hard way because we're both so big and so physical. And it's you know you go in there. It's that it's the it's one of the weird parts about the business. You go in there and absolutely beat the snot out of each other and come out sore and bleeding and, you know, hurt and laugh about it and shake hands and say, heck, you know, I can't wait to do it again. So, yeah, Lance Hoyt, Lance Archer, Lance, you know, he's all sorts of things. Well, I mean, having seen talent like that, you know, he's gone on to be very successful. Is there anybody, guy, girl, uh, currently on NWA Power, you could say, okay, you know, safe bet these guys could be a big star in the future. You know, someone you're looking at right now saying, okay, they have talent. Not, uh, everybody's talented, obviously, but maybe right. some people you're looking for in particular you could see things from. Well, on the, on the roster itself, it's, like you said, it's, I sit there in that locker room and watch people coming in and out, you know, and we're all getting ready and, you know, getting, getting ready for the matches and all those kind of things. But there's, there, it's a talented, talented roster. And if I just look at the people that I'm familiar with in Texas, Thunder Rosa is getting huge, huge reactions from crowds, you know, social media. She's very talented. She's a San Antonio lady. And, you know, it's kind of a running joke with uh, Ricky Starks and I that he says he's from Louisiana, but I've, he and I have done, I don't know, hundreds of shows together in Texas. <laughs> you know, so I mean, those, those two alone are, they're making an impact already and everybody's taking notice and, you know, one of the good things I made this comment today, uh, comment the other day in a in a group message with some NWA people. One of the things that I kind of get a lot of, I don't know, satisfaction from is as as a wrestler, if, some, if the fans respond to you and seem to like you, that's a great thing. But one of the one of the great things that's happening is our roster is so good that everybody's connecting with different people, and that's what you want. You know, you want to offer something for everybody. So, but there's there's two people that I know people are becoming familiar with that are going to do great. They're already doing great. But legitimately, top to bottom, that roster is an incredible combination of people breaking in, getting experience, a lot of guys that have been around for a while that maybe never made, you know, never made made huge money at the business, and then guys at the top that, that were at the highest level. And that mixture of those guys, 
I think they're all handpicked and they're all in there for a reason because it, the locker room is phenomenal. It is. I thought when I walked into that building and saw the NWA logo and the lights in the studio, I got butterflies and got excited and I, I, I kind of squashed it down and thought, well, you know, this, I know that I'm different and this kind of makes, you know, this means a lot more to me than most people. But the funny thing is that it, everybody, almost to a man and woman that walked in there had the exact same feeling. There's just passion in that locker room of wanting to go out and do what we can do to, to push the brand forward and push the show forward. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I'm an old NWA fan myself. I know these guys are, but I I talked to people who have kids that are teenagers that were watching it, and they were excited, and they said, oh, I like the way this looks. It looks so different from everything else. So I think there is something that just resonates about that studio right now, and that studio is like almost part of the star of the show in a way right now. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah without a doubt it is. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's so electric in there because the fans have so much passion. You're probably, I'm probably going to pull this on a, on a promo at some point. And I don't put a lot of, a lot of time and forethought into what the promos are going to be. But I was thinking about this the other day that for a long time, I really felt like it was just me and a handful of other people that were kind of holding that NWA torch and, and trying to keep the brand going and all of those kind of things. And, and I was wrong because. The fan base itself, as it rises up, and, and like like you just said, you grew up, you know, you you loved the old NWA stuff. And when I walk out there into that studio, like you said, it's almost part of it's part of the magic. When I walk out there, and I can see and feel the energy and the excitement and the passion and and the passion in the locker room, it, it makes me realize, okay, you know what? I was never alone. You know, there were thousands and thousands that kind of shared that passion, and, and you can almost feel it becoming, you know, kind of a what I what I have branded in my head as the NWA fan. So talking about now too, with the way everything's going today, Tim, is there anybody you see? It might not even be an NWA. Is there anybody you see out there where you think, darn, I'd love to get a chance to work with this guy, or I could teach this guy a lot? Even someone who's like not popular, maybe somebody just coming up, where you think you could really like bring this guy up to another level. Uh, you know, I don't. When you say that, I've been I have been thinking about. Okay, my, a lot of my friends and people that I know in the business are are excited about the success and the opportunity, and and, and you hear from a lot of people, you know, saying, "What can I do to get an opportunity?" The list of people who deserve an opportunity is miles long. But mm-hmm. there are some talented. There's talented people out there that have, you know, that all they need is an opportunity. Right, but. Along the same lines, our roster is strong and it's growing. Every time I'm sitting there, there's there's two new guys that walk in and I'm like, oh wow, you know, I didn't didn't know that was part of the plan, you know. So it's it's somewhere down the road there's going to be opportunities. Now, as far as helping people, you know, a friend of mine that I travel with a lot, we're actually we're traveling this weekend to a show in Arkansas. I think I'm, I'm working. Well, I think he's being billed this weekend as Davy Boy Smith Jr. But Harry, you know, Harry. Hmm. Uh, and I'm working him this weekend, but James Beard is a guy that I travel with a lot. James has been in the wrestling business for 40 years. Oh, the referee, the, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's Hall of Fame. He's you know he was Booker at the Sportatorium, oh, yeah. and wow. he, he's the only he's the only referee in history that's worked for every American and every Japanese promotion. Yeah, there's yeah. a or sorry, but there's a form. There's a wrestling classics message board I frequent. And James Beard has a big presence on there in terms of the stories he tells over the years. I mean, he, he has some amazing knowledge, some amazing experience. Just with, just, like you said, 
just about any company, any person you can think of, he has right. a story about them. Well, he and I, he and I, kind of as we kind of joked. I don't know. It's been a couple of years ago. We kind of joked that we didn't know if we were, you know, if we were racing toward a wheelchair or a rocking chair, you know, between the two of us. Because we, but you know, he and I have kind of taken it like what we have. What we feel like we have left now is what. Back to your point about helping people, what we have left is the teaching part. And what between he and I, you know, there's there's some knowledge there, and we kind of feel like there were a lot of people that helped us that I could good I could give you a list of people that just I said at the at the foot of the learning tree and apply those things at every show. So what he and I have left now is we're saying we need to pass that knowledge on. So I think there are people out there I can help. I don't have a specific one, but I see people who I see tons of potential in and I think, you know, if I could if I could, if I could work with them, I could I could give them some knowledge. I don't have so much that I can make them, that's for sure. But I can definitely pass pass on things that were passed down to me. Right. Uh, you know, Tim, too, one thing I wanted to circle back, we were talking about being the world champion before. And, you know, not a baby face, not a heel. <clears throat> I've been wanting to say this for a while to somebody, but I couldn't think of a better guy to bring it up to. But, like, one thing I love about the NWA title matches, and uh, particularly with Nick Aldis, too, and you can comment on it, is the way, like, you guys would be in this feud, and he'd be kind of more of a heel. But at the end of it, it was like you two had this respect for each other. Like it was like more about just a contest, almost like a heavyweight boxing match or an MMA fight in the sense that there was respect afterwards. I think I think that's a reality. Nice. You know, I don't want to start ranting and raving about how good Nick is because he is. He's He was the right guy and he's done everything he could possibly do. He's, he's completely committed. You know, now I, I don't want to rave about him because I still need to punch him in the mouth soon. <laughs> so, but it's, we have developed uh, some chemistry together. We've developed a mutual respect and that's, that kind of thing is just earned. You know, it's, it's the more you're in the ring. The first time we were in the ring together was a world title defense of mine. And, you know, it, I, I'm my worst critic. I go back and watch that. Boy, there's some things I've definitely changed of myself in that. But the last one that we had, the you know, on episode one of NWA Power, <clears throat> I was I was very pleased with the you know with with the contest that we had, and and we shook hands afterwards. And you know that that that's kind of taken a turn here lately. <laughs> you know, I'm not quite sure where that's going with with Nick. But like I said, I'm I'm one of, I'm that old school guy that if I've got an issue of I'll take care of it in the ring. I don't. I don't. I don't need to do it anywhere else. So, um, for those for those people that are that are not NWA Power fans, but I, Nick, Nick and his 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 friends kind of made a point and they used me to do it. And you know, in wrestling, you, you kind of got to take care of those in wrestling. So we'll do that. Well, we're absolutely all fans here. I do want to uh, wrap this up for you. I've been very gracious. Maybe a hard sell on this pay-per-view, NWA Hard Times coming up, why people should get it. And then afterwards, anything you want to plug, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you like. Uh, you know, it's first off, thank you guys for having me. Because like I said, it's a team effort. We're all in this together. And, you know, you, you guys help us. And, and if I can help you, that's, that's what I want to do. Coming up on the 24th, NWA on Fight TV pay-per-view. It's our second one, and you're gonna, there's a couple of things happening. For me personally, I've advanced to the second round of the NWA TV title. And again, like we talked about, it, it was the workhorse of the brand, and it's, you know, people like, well, you know, Arn Anderson is, is one of my favorites, but Jake Roberts, Tully Blanchard, 
you know, you go through the list and it's some of the best that have ever, that ever strapped up a pair of boots. That tournament is happening on this pay-per-view. On the other side, I saw on last night's episode, along with everybody else, that one of the matches that's going to take place is going to be our heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, uh, against Flip Gordon. That in itself, that's a, that's a money match. That's something that, uh, you know, if I were, if I were just a fan at this point, but I'm still a fan. If I were just a fan, I'd pay to see that. Eli Drake, you know, Ken, you know, Ken Anderson, man, it's the, the talent roster and the matches that are, they haven't even announced yet. It's, it's going to be a great pay-per-view in front of a live audience in a studio setting. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth every penny. You know, it's something I would encourage everybody to do. NWA Power is the up and coming and established. And like I said, we're just getting started. Here's what I've got in the next couple of weeks. This this weekend in Maumelle, Arkansas, no surrender with TWA. And like I said, it's myself against Davey Boy Smith Jr. That's going to be a, a challenge. As, as he's as real as he gets. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Following weekend, we've got NWA pay-per-view. No, you know, that's going to be fantastic. And then there's two days of TV tapings that I don't, I, they're, I, I'm not sure they're both sold out. But that Saturday and Sunday are, are TV tapings at the studio that if anybody's Within, within even driving or flying distance, you should be there. Uh, those things, they're amazing. I think the following weekend, I'm in Quebec. Couldn't even tell you where. But it's, you know, if you want to check it out, I try to update pretty often. You can go Facebook, message Tim Storm, Instagram, Tim Storm 01, on Twitter, Tim Storm NWA. And any of those, you can, you know, I, tr- I don't, I try to respond to just about everything uh, if it's a message, if it's a comment. Good or bad, I may or may not respond because I kind of feel like that's back to that flavor of ice cream thing. Everybody has a right to their opinion, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't interfere with that. So, mm. but that's you know, man, I would love to see it, fans. We, because I'm still a fan, we do this because of of the people that come to watch us. So I would encourage everybody to come out and uh, support wrestling. Awesome, Tim. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you guys for having me. I thank, really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. Good talking to you. No, hey, Tim. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you, guys. I'm at, I'm at the gym. It's time to get started. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Have thank you, guys. All right, bye-bye. Hey, everybody. This is the voice of the National Wrestling Alliance, Joe Galley, and you are listening to the Working Fans Podcast. All right, fans. It's the Working Fan Podcast today. We got producer Joe. We got Sheaf. We got myself, Dave, number one fan, and we are joined by the Emmy Award winner and the voice of the NWA, Mr. Joe Galley. Joe, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Very good. Very Excellent. Good. Joe, you're a reporter as well, and you got an Emmy for covering the wildfires, I believe. How did that all come about? Well, I've been a journalist for well, close to 10 years now. You know, like it was... You know, I, I got into broadcast journalism sort of by accident. I was going to college, and I was in a screenwriting course over at California State University, Northridge. And the the, the class schedule was very intense for a film program, it's just, as, you, as you can expect from a college in Southern California. So I wasn't able to really work things out and work full-time, so I moved over into broadcast journalism. And so I, you know, I got my degree in that, and... You know, I really didn't know that that was going to be a, a route that I was going to take. At the time, I was also training as a pro wrestler and working a lot of indie shows in the L.A. area. And so I made like a ridiculous, stupid, you know, demo reel of me leaving college. Hmm. Where I, the first the first thing you see on it is me taking a Death Valley driver from Roland Bo Cooper. <laughs> and, wow. 
and I'm in the full suit, and it was a just a it's just a stupid gimmick because I didn't think I was I wasn't really taking it as seriously as, as many of my other classmates at the time. But it just so happens that a station in Toledo, Ohio, get these call letters W N W O. How perfect is that? Wow. <laughs> they were looking for a fun morning reporter to go and do stupid morning reporter stuff because they wanted to have basically the today the Today Show before the Today Show, and so I sent them my demo reel, and they hired me. So that was sort of my start in, in broadcast journalism, and I've been doing it ever since. And Obviously, things have transitioned from me being just the fun morning reporter, which I was for a couple of years. But, you know, formats change, news directors change, and you, when they tell you you got to step up and start, you know, being a journalist, then you step up and start being a journalist. And eventually, that led me to work in, in Toledo, Ohio. I worked in the Poconos of Pennsylvania. And then I worked in Palm Springs, California, and that's where I, I won the Emmy. During that time where we were having such bad wildfires in all the area over there, it kind of became my specialty that we would just kind of go just to the outsides of our of our market into the L.A. market and just cover these, these horrible disasters that were happening there. And so I have to tell you, though, it's, it's probably the most exhilarating thing to go and cover as a journalist. I mean, you're covering this giant monster that's going through and it's tearing through forests and it's burning down people's homes and there's a i think it's probably the biggest adrenaline rush you're going to get as a local television reporter is covering giant natural disasters like that yeah i guess you know from one opportunity why it rises another opportunity you just end up in uh these crazy things keep happening and you just kind of go with the punches then huh and that's got to be crazy given the australian wildfires going on now you know, it really is, and I, re- I feel for a lot of those those folks that are over there in uh, Australia. I know locally here, I mean, our, our San Antonio Zoo is sending a lot of resources and trying to just help out all the animals that are being impacted over there. And I mean, you got to keep in mind, I mean, the, as devastating as the wildfires were in California, I mean, it's throughout that whole continent of Australia, they're dealing with wildfires. Mm. So if you could imagine the entire country of the United States, minus Alaska and Hawaii, yeah. Having problems with wildfires, it's, it's pretty astounding. Changing uh, gears here a little bit, what got you into wrestling? Like, as a fan, as a kid, and what made you decide to, like, break into wrestling? Well, I was always a fan, you know, as a little kid watching. You know, it started basically, you know, in the Attitude Era was, was sort of where the sweet spot where you know, I got into it as, as a fan. I did a bunch of backyard stupid hmm. stuff, you know, the stuff that they tell you not to do. We did all that. Yeah. Everybody, you know, way past the point when you should be, you know, stop getting a bounce house. We always got a bounce house to go and do, you know, frog <laughs> splashes and vertical suplexes and all that <laughs> kind of silly stuff. But when I was in college at Cal State Northridge, my, my best friend, Brandon Taylor, who uh, wrestles under the name Robert Baines now, he's also a member of the LA Dojo for New Japan Pro Wrestling. In their office. Wow. He found an ad in the paper, and that really kind of shows my age right there because it was actually still a physical paper. <laughs> uh, it was a two for one coupon for a professional wrestling school wow. that was just opening. And it was a place called the Fit Pit. It was being run by Dan Magnus, now out of the business and retired, but uh, also Ryan Katz was there. He's an operations manager for uh, NXT. And another one of the trainers there at the time was uh, Brawlinbo Cooper, who I believe still is working in the in the Simi Valley area, I think a lot of in Southern California area. And Ricardo Rodriguez, or it's this real name Jesus Rodriguez, but you everyone knows him as Ricardo Rodriguez uh, from WWE as Alberto Del, Del Rio's announcer. And so he got this coupon. He said, "You want to go?" And I said, "Sure." 
and I just kind of got hooked. And at the time, it was really, it was it was a whole new world for me. I was never an athletic guy. I never wrestled in high school or did football or anything like that. I was really into theater and stuff like that. So I was this weird, doughy, <laughs> non-muscular, not very coordinated pro wrestler. And, you know, I built myself up and I made a really ridiculous over-the-top character, which is, to, to make it simple, it's just Joey Ryan's gimmick, but worse. <laughs> you know? Wow. So and now you're a straight-laced news guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a wonder I've been able to get hired anywhere, I mean, especially with all the stuff. It's it's all out there on YouTube. It's not hard to find. i got to search this out now. <laughs> I mean, you can go and you can take a look at it now. You look up matches. I had an intergender match with Lizzie Valentine, and it was Lizzie Valentine versus Haynes Classic. So I'm pretty sure if I had that gimmick now and I made any sort of headway with it, the, the Haynes company would probably hit me with a cease and desist. <laughs> but yeah, it was just some goofy underwear model gimmick. And I did that for a number of years until I was, you know, working in news and I wasn't wrestling so much. It kind of taken a, a backseat. I moved to Southern California again. And once again, my, my best friend, Brandon Taylor, who was wrestling at the time, he was wrestling as the hobo and he was the Hollywood Heritage Champion. A championship wrestling from Hollywood, mm. which is the program that Dave Marquez runs. Yep, yep. So he's like, hey, we got some spots opening up because at the time, Todd Kennelly was leaving to go do play-by-play with uh, TNA. And so I went there. I was at one taping, which was the Red Carpet Rumble, which is their version of the Royal Rumble. And I did a couple backstage interviews. And then the next taping, they had me sitting in the spot being the regular play-by-play guy with uh, Johnny LaCosto. That works as John Quasto in WWE. So, hmm. and then I did that for a number of years, and that's where I, I honed my craft, and that's where I met Billy Corgan and Dave Lagano when they were starting off the Ten Pounds of Gold series with Tim Storm as the uh, as the champion. Did I read this right? You were the recipient of a 2015 Shacky Award from the Big Podcast with Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, I am. I am Shaquille O'Neal's Person of the Year in 2015, ah. so, which is a much higher regard than anything I could ever win as a professional jewel journalist. <laughs> if I win the Pulitzer one day, it'll still be be a, a small comparison. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal's Person of the Year. <laughs> yeah. So what what happened was that, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm sure some of your members here, audience, do. If you especially if you follow a lot of things. On, online with the trends that happened, but there was a trend a number of years ago where people were yelling at reporters that were on live TV. They would say, F her in the pee. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh -huh. yep, I heard of that. Yeah, and that went on for, for quite a while, and it was every day for at least a few years, honestly. I probably heard it because people would just yell it at you if you're just walking down the street with a news camera. And I, it was a Black Friday, and I was at the mall, and we were just doing a generic hey, people are shopping, it's Black Friday story. And a kid ran up and he said, effer in the pee into my microphone. And my response was, that's what I did to your mother last night. <laughs> <laughs> that and, is solid. And, and that got picked up by World Star Hip Hop, <laughs> and things like that. And so it kind of snowballed. Hmm. And eventually they, they played it on Shaq's podcast. And then their next podcast, I called in, and Shaquille O'Neal interviewed me, which is like super bizarre and strange. I mean, I mm. grew up in Los Angeles with the three Pete Lakers, you know, him and Kobe are, you know, the, the kings of, of all the this, 
athletic in, in the world of Los Angeles sports. And here I am on his podcast and he's interviewing me. And then it was just a few weeks afterwards they were doing their awards thing and he picked me to be the person of the year in 2015. So that's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. I got a t-shirt and everything. <laughs> so you're obviously quick on your feet. I got to ask, when you talk about like guys that you know are quick-witted, uh, obviously there was some controversy uh, not too long ago, but also he's one of the great color guys of all time. What was it like? We don't have to delve into anything negative. Uh, what was it like working with Jim Cornette? The guy's a larger-than-life personality. and You know, I loved working with Jim, and Jim is fantastic. He is a walking, talking encyclopedia of professional wrestling. He has, in the back, he's got stories for days and is one of the most entertaining people just to sit down and eat a Subway sandwich with. Hmm. I'll tell you that for sure. And I feel like I learned a lot working with Jim Cornette. And he, you know, he did a lot for those very first episodes of NWA Power. There, a lot of the stuff that people like was influenced or slightly impacted by the thoughts of Jim Cornette. And, you know, he, he was before Power when we were doing things like the Crockett Cup and the 70th anniversary show. I mean, it was great working with Jim. And the other thing, Jim, is he was, he was very generous with his time. I mean, he's an incredibly busy guy. And I could I could call him up and be like, hey, man, I'm looking for some advice or something like that. And he would happily talk to me and give me his two cents on stuff. So I got to tell you, I, I really do love working with Jim. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if somewhere down the road I end up working with him again because, I mean, it's wrestling. Everything kind of comes full circle. Hmm. I agree. Now, I got to say on that hand, too, I think, you know, obviously, I, I was a fan of this guy as a wrestler, but as an announcer and a color commentator, Stu Bennett has really surprised me in terms, not that I didn't expect him to be bad, but he's really good. I'm really enjoying his work. What's, he really fell into it well, I think. Yeah. You guys make a good team. You know, I was really impressed with how quickly we were able to get good chemistry together, mm. which is, sometimes is very difficult. Uh, but, I mean, we just kind of went hand in glove, and it, it worked out really well. And, I mean, people don't realize that Stu actually has a very long background of doing commentary with World of Sport back in his home country in the United Kingdom. So he knows what he's doing. And he's, you know, Bad News Barrett was an incredible gimmick, and he was able to work the mic so well in WWE that they put him in that, into that position. And so it's it's cool working with him. He's also a very humble guy to work with. And, you know, we take notes together and we work really hard. The guy works, you know, when you're working with those you know elite athletes and stuff, when they transition into something else, the work ethic stays. And the guy really knows this stuff. And it, it's an absolute pleasure to be sitting next to him. And I'm really happy for it. And I'm really glad that the our audience is really also kind of fallen in love to listening to this Brett talk about, you know, and we've got so many British talent that are here in, in NWA with Nick Aldis. Now we got Marty Scurll coming and making appearances. And, and now with Stu Bennett there, it, it's really, I think it helps make our show have a more international appeal to it, which I think is really cool. Now, I was doing some research on you today, and on your website, you list the use of social media as one of your strengths. As mm -hmm. a growing podcast, what kind of advice can you give us about? using social media in the right way and using it to grow because we're still kind of learning at this we're just working fans that put out a show and we want to talk to the wrestling personalities we enjoy and about the wrestling that we like to watch so what kind of advice could you give us i think as far as you know when i say it 
as a social media, as an expert for it. I think every journalist really needs to, to have that as, as a toolkit. But the world of local news and, and to a certain extent national news is very different than the world of professional wrestling, where the world, the world of professional wrestling, as far as social media goes, typically seems to stay in the, the realm of Twitter. And so that seems to be everybody's weapon of choice in this industry. I mean, you can even look at WWE. They put far more content on their their Twitter sphere than they do on Facebook or the other social media apps that are out there. But I think if, if for any podcast out there that's really trying to, all you're doing is having a conversation, whether it's having a conversation with me in the form of this interview or having conversations with your fans when you're not on the air and not making this product. I think Instagram and the stories and that is really helping a lot of people continue that conversation with regular fans. I feel like that's how I, I've had a lot of folks who really enjoy NWA Power reach out to me and message me through Instagram and I was a little bit surprised by that because you really don't see that in local news where it's so much more based in, in the world of Facebook. So I think focusing, and, and this goes for a lot of workers out there too that are, could be listening to this podcast and they're trying to get themselves over. If you can come up with really good content in your social media stories and then you can, it, it allows people to kind of see what's going on behind the curtain and it allows for them to have a more open conversation with you as well. A really good example of that would be Thunder Rosa. If you follow Thunder Rosa, I mean, she's got 46,000 fans on Twitter. I don't know how many she has on Instagram, but she's one of the verified accounts, so it's quite a few. Hmm. But her Instagram stories are fantastic. They're entertaining, and you get to see who she is in regular life. And, and if you've been following her, she's been over in Japan winning titles all over the place. And so I think that that, that would be the way that I would go about things. Like, you know, if I were to start a podcast, I'd be really focused on making sure I'm tweeting a lot and making sure that I'm doing you know Instagram stories and, and, and doing a lot of live stuff, too, because you get notifications when you do stuff live. Mm. So you're gonna if you do a, a streaming thing through those social media accounts, people know that you're doing it, and it helps grow your audience. Wow, that's very valuable advice. Thank you for that. Of course. Joe, I had a question for you. If you could commentate any match with any two people out there in history, who would it be? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I would say, you know, I really do like to the the sort of the the what ifs out there in the world and what if things could happen. And if I since this is going to be a magical hypothetical, anyways, I would say, you know, I, I worked briefly on a couple of shows with uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, Roddy Roddy Piper mm-hmm. uh, before he passed. You know, he was another guy who's super great and generous at the time, and of course, I was a big fan of his growing up as well. So if I could take Rowdy Roddy Piper and have a match with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, or just, I guess, just The Rock, I think that that would be a really fun match to call. Also, you know, it'd be impossible. So let's go ahead and and shoot for the stars and get get both of those guys in their prime Mm. in the ring. That's a fun one-on-one match that I don't think I don't think ever happened. No, no the mic no. work. Yeah. I was gonna say before the bell oh, even yeah. rang, it'd be yeah. friggin' five stars right off the bat. Give them fifteen minutes before, and then give them another fifteen for the match. Right, you know? Ooh, and, I, yeah. and I'd be fantastic. Hmm. Oh boy! <clears throat> Obviously, you got a pay per view coming up. You've had a pay per view. What are some of the differences, just as fans that we might not get working live and working TV tapings? Obviously, live has got to be more. Intense, I would believe, but anything we, maybe we don't think of. 
you know, since it's since we do NWA Power live to tape, I feel like there's you don't it, it's not like you get to rest on your laurels because we don't do second takes for almost anything. I don't think we have done that yet, mm. with the exception of one time when the camera broke, <laughs> and then we kind of had to fix the camera, which took like fifteen twenty minutes. But I, I think you know, so there's always that you have to be on your on your toes and you're working. The game is on, and, and you're going until we wrap. What I really, what I think people don't realize, I think for me and for Stu at least, for me and Stu, is it's a lot easier for us to do the pay-per-view because it's shorter. When we do these tapings, we're doing four episodes at a time, and so that's four hours of us talking nonstop. And not just talking, but, you know, yelling and all kinds of other stuff and following formats and stuff. So, one, it's kind of exhausting from a mental aspect, but it also wears on your voice a lot. But if you're doing the pay-per-view, it's two hours, and we're locked into two hours, and you can just go full throttle through it. And so it's it's less exhausting from a voice perspective and from a mental perspective. And also, it helps with the pay-per-view because usually pay-per-view scenarios it's the it's the end of a storyline or a transition in that storyline and we've been building to it all this time and so you don't have to do a whole lot of homework either when compared to doing your your nwa power tapings where we could be starting a lot of new things when people are making debuts that maybe we've never called before so i mean there's a lot of homework that goes into this job of being a commentator and for the pay-per-views it's just a little bit easier big fans of nwa power uh, we're not named Robin, but we've had like Nikita, Morton, uh, we just did one with Tim Storm. So we're fans. We're trying to do what we can to push this product. For anybody, NWA Hard Times pay-per-view coming up that maybe doesn't follow NWA, maybe you could give us like a hard sell. Why should they tune into this pay-per-view? Well, I think that a lot of your fans probably have already purchased it. And I want to say thank you to each one of you mm-hmm. that's already done that. What we're doing with the NWA is very, very special, it is very unique, and it is very different. And I think a lot of fans out there, I see them on Twitter all the time, Uh, they'll tweet something out that basically says, just started watching NWA Power, I'm binging the whole thing and I love it. Hmm. So I would recommend anybody out there, start watching NWA Power. We've only had 14 episodes, you can get through it in in just a few days. And... It, it'll blow your mind the stuff that we're doing and the, the old school flavor that we have with this amazing talents of today and always the surprises that you're going to see. And I guarantee you at hard times, you're going to see some incredible surprises out there mm. and maybe a lot of talents that you weren't expecting to, for, to be there. You know, we've always been able to pull that out. Nobody thought they were going to see Scott Steiner in an NWA ring. And then all of a sudden right. there he was this past Tuesday so you can expect that caliber of a surprise with an enormous amount of athleticism. And plus, we're crowning a new television champion. Yeah. So you want to see history in the making. And that is why you want to download or you want to pre-order Hard Times on Fight.tv. Uh, my man, that was awesome. Joe, is there anything else you want to promote? Twitter, whatever it is. Go right for it. Yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Joe Galley News. I do a lot of TikTok now. You guys TikTok? 
No. We do not. That's what all the kids are doing now. Yeah. All the kids these days. <laughs> and what I like about TikTok is I was able to just get my name, you know, just at Joe Galley. Mm. You don't have to put any extra on it for that. So between TikTok and Instagram, those are the only things that I was able to get there before any other Joe Galleys. <laughs> so, but I'm having a lot of fun with that. I had some fun with it today at this junkyard that I was at. So, yeah, I'm just, and then. Um, I saw that, actually, with the cars. Yeah. 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 How cool was that? That was really good. Was yeah. Lightning McQueen. Oh, poor Lightning McQueen just being eaten by all that vegetation. I don't know how long that car's been sitting there, but it's been a while. But, uh, yeah, it's super dope for all you folks out there. You know, pre-order Hard Times on Fight, and then uh, I'll see you every Tuesday at six oh five Eastern Time on YouTube for NWA Power. Right. Joe, thank you very much. Joe, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, thanks, Joe. That Joe. was amazing. No, no problem. You guys have a great night. Thanks, right. man. You too. Enjoy the pay-per-view. We'll do. Oh, we will. Have a good one. Bye. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 